It's August 16th, 2021, and this is Markets Daily from Coindesk. I'm Adam B. Levine here again with Adrian Blust for your daily news roundup. On today's show, we're talking Bitcoin, 50 years of money without gold, the latest headlines, and more. This episode is sponsored by Kava, Nexo.io, and Cello. And just a reminder, Coindesk is a news source and does not provide investment advice. Bitcoin had a good weekend, but could face resistance near $50,000 as recent momentum behind the short squeeze rally fades. The short-term uptrend remains intact despite several overback pullbacks that were resolved to the upside. Bitcoin remains in breakout mode after rallying past $42,000, which marked the completion of a two-month consolidation phase. The Relative Strength Index, better known as the RSI on the four-hour charts, is near overbought levels, which typically precede brief pullbacks. The last extreme overbought reading on July 26th occurred before a 10% pullback. Bitcoin has maintained a series of higher highs since the August 6th breakout above $42,000. This means buyers continue to defend support levels as the broader uptrend improves. The weekly chart has positive momentum signals similar to the start of the crypto rally around November of 2020. The world's largest cryptocurrency is joined by Ether and Cardano, which have surged 11% and 53% in the last seven days respectively. Zooming out, it was only recently that the crypto market cap surpassed $2 trillion for the first time since mid-May as Bitcoin led the rally, according to CoinMarketCap data. The crypto market cap sank as low as $1.19 trillion on July 20th, meaning the sector has almost doubled in value in less than a month, according to MarketCap, which is admittedly not a fantastic metric to track that sort of thing. Bitcoin is currently trading at $47,251, up almost 3% in the past 24 hours, while Ether is trading at $3,281, up almost 4% in the same time period, according to the Coindesk Price Index. In traditional markets, U.S. stock index futures fell and the dollar rose on weak Chinese data amid worries the global economic rebound is faltering. Contracts on the S&P 500 declined three-tenths of a percentage point after the underlying gauge notched up another record high on Friday. Features for the technology-focused NASDAQ 100 also lost three-tenths of a percentage point, while the blue-chip index finished last week at a record high. Across the pond, the stock's Europe 600 index slipped half a percentage point. That puts the regional benchmark on track to snap a 10-day winning streak, its longest since 2006. Shares of companies in the travel and leisure, retail, resources, and oil and gas sectors led the losses. Meanwhile, in Asia, commodities declined after Chinese retail sales and industrial output data showed activity slowed. Alibaba Group Holdings slid in pre-market trading after China's state media criticized the online game industry. China's Shanghai Composite Index ticked up less than one-tenth of one percent by the close, while Japan's Nikkei Index fell 1.6 percent. With Asian economies under stress and U.S. consumer sentiment near a decade low, investors are turning to signals from the Federal Reserve to sustain market momentum. A town hall by Fed Chair Jerome Powell on Tuesday may act as a precursor to the Fed's Jackson Hole Symposium, in late August, providing clues on whether a recent string of strong U.S. data qualified as adequate progress for the central bank to consider tapering stimulus. And in related news, here are a few quick headlines we're tracking today. You can find the links to the full stories in the show notes for this episode. Then after the break, we'll take a look at the Nixon shock 50 years later. But first, here's what's hot. In big picture news, shipping bottlenecks are set to prolong supply chain turmoil. The closure of a terminal at the world's third busiest container port is only the latest sign that turmoil in ocean shipping could run into next year, posing a threat to global economic growth as chronic delays and soaring transport costs may leave demand unmet and push up consumer prices. Both importers and exporters are fighting to recoup costs caused by a rise in the price of shipping, which has soared to about $15,800 to move a 40-foot container from China to the U.S. West Coast, a tenfold jump on pre-pandemic levels, and up by half on last month alone, according to data provider Freitos. The FT has that report. 
While price pressures may be coming, here's a story that's a little bit closer to home. Carvana's success rides on used car loans. The online used car dealer, known for its vehicle vending machine towers, has a secret sauce to its business success, a way of handling car loans that turbocharges revenue. The company has become a market darling during the pandemic, benefiting from huge demand and high prices for used vehicles. Its stock has skyrocketed by more than 1,000% since the depth of the COVID-19-related sell-off in March of 2020 and is now valued at more than Ford Motor Company at about $63 billion. The Wall Street Journal has that story. But what if you're selling a car? The Wall Street Journal has a story on what to consider beyond the price tag. The car market is red hot and vehicle owners are vying to cash in. Over the past 12 months, the index for used cars and trucks rose 41.7% according to the Consumer Price Index. Prices for new vehicles rose 6.4%, the largest jump since the period ending January of 1982. According to J.D. Power, that amounts to an average used vehicle price increase of $5,000, creating a rare opportunity for consumers to sell their used vehicles, a notoriously depreciating asset, for perhaps as much as they originally purchased them for or more. Turning to international news, Singapore crypto owners are more likely to hold Ether than Bitcoin. Almost four-fifths of crypto investors, 78% in this study, hold Ether compared to just 69% who hold Bitcoin, according to a survey by crypto exchange Gemini, finance platform Seedly, and information provider CoinMarketCap. Cardano came in third at 40%. The most interesting aspect of crypto to all respondents was decentralized finance, followed by crypto as an inflation hedge and non-fungible tokens. Coindus Eliza Gritzy has the stats. Turning to industry news, retail giant Walmart looking to hire a digital and cryptocurrency lead. The company is looking for someone to develop its digital currency strategy and product roadmap. Coindesk's Greg Allstrand reports. Binance ordered by London Court to trace $2.6 million from hackers. A project known as Fetch.ai alleges hackers stole assets from its Binance account before selling them at a fraction of their value. The artificial intelligence company for blockchains had its request for Binance to identify and freeze the accounts of hackers granted, Reuters reported Friday. Binance confirmed that it is helping Fetch.ai with the recovery of these funds. Coin does Jamie Crowley as the story. Meanwhile, in Washington, the Biden administration is set to pick acting chairman Rost and Benham to head the CFTC, and that's the Commodities Future and Trading Commission, according to a new report. The regulator is charged with overseeing derivatives market activity, including cryptocurrency derivatives. Benham has spoken favorably about the use of blockchain technology in financial markets and previously called for an open mind on regulation in the fintech space. Coindesk Sebastian Sinclair has more. And finally, the IRS, in an apparent boon to crypto, will reportedly ignore how the infrastructure bill defines broker. The U.S. Treasury Department is preparing to offer an olive branch to crypto developers, miners, and hardware firms spooked by the bipartisan infrastructure bill's tax reporting requirements, according to a Bloomberg News report. Citing an unnamed department official, Bloomberg said Friday that the Treasury won't go after crypto entities that don't meet the tax code's definition of a broker. Guidance on the matter could be coming next week, the report said, although we will believe it here when we see it. Coindesk's Danny Nelson has the full story. And in lighter news, here's our intern, Adrian Blust. Watford FC Sports Dogecoin logo in sportsmanship deal worth almost $1 million. England's top-tier premier soccer league has sponsored the Shibu Inu meme-inspired crypto's logo on their jersey sleeves as part of the club's sponsorship deal with the crypto betting platform, Stake.com. Stake.com announced in July that it would mark the sponsorship deal with a giveaway of 10 million Doge on its platform. That's worth about $3.5 million right now. Coindesk's Jamie Crawley has that story. Thanks for that, Adrian. Stay tuned for after the break when we'll share with you an anniversary worth remembering. Back in a minute. 
Kava gives you the ability to earn more by connecting the world's largest cryptocurrencies, ecosystems, and financial applications on DeFi's most trusted, scalable, and secure earning platform. Kava is an institutional-grade cross-chain engine built to scale on the largest decentralized proof-of-stake network. With loan APYs as low as 0% and reward APYs as high as 200%, Kava is the safest place for you to grow your digital portfolio. Mint stablecoins, lend, borrow, earn, and swap safely across the world's biggest crypto assets with Kava. To learn more, visit kava.io slash marketsdaily. Looking to make the most of your crypto assets? Nexo.io's got you covered. Grow your wealth securely with Nexo's high-yield interest accounts. Buy crypto on your terms directly within Nexo's platform and start earning daily compounding interest right away. Get the cash you need without selling your crypto from just 6.9% APR. Instantly swap between 100 crypto and traditional currency pairs. And don't worry, Nexo is insured against losses up to $375 million. Get the most of your crypto at Nexo.io. That's nexo.io. Did you know that there are 4,000 crypto assets in the market today? There's only one network that makes your crypto mobile. Celo's mobile-first platform makes financial dApps and crypto payments accessible to anyone with a mobile phone. Celo's eco-friendly proof-of-stake consensus mechanism and phone verification protocol makes it easy for you to spend, send, stake, and earn Celo assets and stablecoins all from your mobile phone. Visit Celo.org and download Celo-compatible dApps today. That's C-E-L-O Today's featured story is an opinion piece from Coindesk's chief insights columnist, David Z. Morris. The greenback share of world reserves is dropping steadily. The euro, yuan, and bitcoin are all in the running to pick up the slack. Yesterday, Sunday, August 15th, was the 50th anniversary of the end of the Bretton Woods currency system. After World War II, major nations essentially agreed to peg their currencies to a gold-backed dollar, but by 1971, faith in the U.S. dollar was eroding, forcing President Richard Nixon to end the dollar's convertibility to gold. This ushered in the current status quo of relatively free-floating, quote, fiat currencies. That long-ago decision still has major implications today. Over the past few months, massive coronavirus pandemic relief spending in the U.S. has triggered worries that faith in the dollar's soundness could be shaken again, as it was 50 years ago. The dollar's share of central bank balance sheets is still at a dominant 59%, but has been slowly declining, threatening to take with it a number of economic and political advantages. To better understand the road ahead, I've been examining the viability of various currencies as central bank reserves, including the euro, the Japanese yen, and the Chinese yuan, as well as bitcoin or other digital instruments. That analysis will be published soon, but I wanted to hit on a few highlights of what I learned while talking to currency experts. First, despite high anxiety around the yuan's rising influence, China faces a deep, possibly unsolvable conflict between its global currency ambitions and its domestic economic agenda. The Chinese Communist Party maintains tight currency controls to encourage domestic investment, but a reserve currency must be freely tradable. Between that conundrum and the inconsistency of Chinese regulation, experts are generally skeptical that the yuan can climb much in the global reserve rankings anytime soon. Japan, meanwhile, doesn't sell enough debt abroad for its bonds to take up a large share of global reserves. Among current options, the euro seems to be the most serious competitor to the dollar, thanks to the large eurozone economy behind it, and the relatively open and responsible management of the European Central Bank. A major recent step that makes this more plausible was the ECB's decision to issue eurozone-wide bonds to fund pandemic relief programs. 
That's ironic, given that rising global debt levels are also a pillar of the case for central banks to hold Bitcoin as part of their reserves. The coronavirus has fueled a massive surge in global debt, which as of earlier this year stood at 365% of global GDP. If the world were a single country, that ratio would be a five-alarm fire, especially because so much of it is held by central banks of the countries that are issuing the debt, which economists, including Eshwar Prasad, argue amounts to money printing. The case for individuals to hold Bitcoin rests on the idea that central banks are inevitably tempted to debase their currencies through this sort of inflationary policy. The same argument could be made for central banks, that the debt of other countries presents a large and rising risk. Bitcoin, by contrast, is effectively a commodity rather than debt, making it safer from some perspectives. But for now, Bitcoin's price volatility remains a major obstacle to national adoption. Nonetheless, interest in the idea has exploded since El Salvador first dipped its toes in. Much of that has been from countries with weak currencies, such as Argentina, where President Alberto Fernandez this week expressed a degree of openness to using Bitcoin. This, I think, is where to watch for the next major wave of Bitcoin adoption, smaller nations with troubled currencies or histories of monetary mismanagement. For them, Bitcoin is something entirely novel, a store of value that's not dependent either on their own central bank or a potentially hostile third nation. And it's clear they're paying attention to the possibilities. And that's our show for today. Thanks very much for listening. This episode was edited by Adrian Blust, and you can send me an email at podcastaquinas.com or just leave us a review on your favorite podcast player. We'll be back tomorrow with another news roundup. And just a reminder that Coindesk is a news source and does not provide investment advice.